the Dave Nemo Show. Always enjoy talking to great friends. We do it all the time here because we just uh, have so many friends here at Radio Nemo. And uh, one of our favorite guys is on the program. He's also on the road uh, over around Carlisle, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, at the uh, new facility there, Crete and Schaefer, Tim Ashoff. Now, this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about something that has gotten pretty much the attention of several worlds, and that, of course, is uh, fuel prices based on uh, crude oil prices going up. Uh, the uh, latest numbers from the EIA, the Energy Information Administration, shows that um, diesel fuel now uh, is at uh, 3.15.7. Those are the latest numbers, $3.15. Uh, 0.7, uh, up from 313.3, so that's a couple of cents. And then uh, on the 16th, it was uh, 310.4. So it's gone up a nickel over the course of uh, a couple of weeks. And, uh, and the timing is uh, perfect to kind of talk about fuel pricing and uh, the strategies to um, get around fuel pricing and, and uh, how that works. So we have a great discussion with our good friend Tim Ashoff from Creek Schaefer in just a moment. When it comes to uh, fuel prices at the pump, it all leads straight right back to uh, crude oil prices. OPEC uh, basically has been trying to end the glut around the world. They haven't really gotten all of the uh, cooperation they've wanted from their members. Um, and then we have Syria. That ain't helping. Uh, new sanctions on Iran might actually um, raise the price of oil. Venezuela is an absolute disaster in terms of uh, the political, uh, economic situation there. That's not helping. Uh, so, Tim Ashoff, we have that perfect storm of here we go again with uh, oil prices going up and how far they go depends on so many factors now. Yeah, and you mentioned many of them, and then, of course, you have the supply side piece of that, so the demand for the oil, and certainly as the economy in the U.S. has, has picked up, um, there's been more demand. We're certainly going into the summer season where we always see demand for uh, petroleum products pick up as more people travel, and then certainly even the, the global economy seems to do being, being doing excuse me, doing better as well. So there's just, uh, we're seeing the, the demand go up as maybe the supply is, is leveling off or, or being hampered by some of the things you just mentioned. So it's that perfect uh, supply and, and demand storm right here. You know, um, every, uh, every uh, week uh, the rig count comes out uh, in terms of uh, how many rigs are active uh, pumping or, or producing oil at the moment. And it's sort of like an up and down thing, you know, uh, you lose 5%, 10%, gain 10 15%, down, up and down. Uh, but it takes a while to get those things uh, geared back up. So there's always this big lag to, way, to where you can say, well, the cavalry is coming, and they'll be here in a while. That's exactly right, and you know some of the things that I've been reading, uh, particularly amongst the larger oil companies, the Exxon Mobiles and, and others uh, of the world, since oil prices had been at a relatively you know stable low price for for a number of years, actually a number of months and a couple of years, 
they're been a little bit slow to to go back out and and, and invest in in a lot of drilling. Uh, they they need to have a few quarters of making some money off the higher priced oil that they that, that they need to recover from some of those quarters where they maybe have lost money. And so, you know, from what I'm hearing and reading, they're just starting now thinking about, okay, let's go out. It looks like we're going to have sustainable, you know, oil prices above $60 a barrel. So let's start opening up some more rigs out there. So we have a little bit, I think, of a lag effect in that investment in, in new wells out there. One of the things that you can do is kind of forecast um, EIA makes a lot of forecasting, Energy Information Administration. There's always a disclaimer saying, yeah, having said all of that, this could change dramatically like next week, so stay tuned kind of a thing. Um, one of the things you point out is that fuel, you know, I just mentioned the fact that it's up over a nickel in the last couple of weeks, but over the last year or so, it's up over 50 cents, if I'm not mistaken. It is. In fact, I think as, as you look back to last May now that we're into May, uh, the lowest point it was May a year ago, we would be up now almost 80 cents over mm. that last year. And, and, and uh, you know, we talk about some of the recent uh, increases, and the recent increases may have been a little bit bigger, you know, five cents a week or so. But if you look back over the year, we've really seen kind of a steady increase um, now, you know, averaging a little bit over a penny a week. Um, so, you know, there were some weeks in there it was flat and maybe dropped back a little bit, but it's really been a steady increase really since last May. And, and now we're kind of peaking out, of course, at a time of year when as we talked about, the man gets higher. You know, um, when when it comes to uh, looking for big numbers, the ATA are the big numbers people. You know, they come out with these uh, numbers that you really can't get your head around. And I remember, this goes back a few years, and you may remember this, Tim. I don't know that they've updated this, but the number's big enough to where it still, still makes a, a huge impact. And I'll always remember it. They said that, um, and again, this goes back a few years, if the price of diesel fuel went up one cent per gallon over the course of a year, that one penny per gallon would cost the trucking industry $376 million. That's hard to get your head around, isn't it? It is, but then, you know, I even look at, at us being just a small portion of that trucking industry with, you know, having over 5,000 trucks. Um, but when, when you add those 5,000 trucks up, you know, we we average pumping over 200,000 gallons per day. Mm. So, you know, if you if you look even at just that 80 cents then over the year, um, you know, in one day's period on, on you know, 200,000 gallons, that's $160,000 a day more we're paying this May versus last May. So the, the numbers do add up when you when you put them across the total number of trucks across the industry and, and even add up in a big way when we look just at our company ourselves. Wow, yeah, that, that's true. That is true. Um, you, we, you mentioned the supply side of um, um, for fluctuations. I'm mentioning, you know, the crude oil side. Um, and, and you're using you're talking about the the demand side, I should say, and I was talking about supply. Um, we never know what exactly is going to happen because stuff happens. Uh, weather's going to play into it, I'm sure, in the Gulf of Mexico this year again and, and things like that. Um, we never know what OPEC's going to do. OPEC never knows what OPEC is going to do. And they're such a major player in all of this. And then you have Russia, uh, not in OPEC, but they certainly uh, have a lot of influence there. Um, my question about that is, and this may be kind of a strange question, but 
when do you guys start saying, oh, my goodness, there is a little smoke, and I wonder how big the fire is going to be? Uh, and, and let's take that year-over-year year thing, 80 cents over the course of a year. When along that line do you guys start saying, hmm, we better start bracing for some big changes in, in oil prices? Well, I, I think to start off uh, with with having pumping over 200,000 gallons, 200, gallons a day, we have to always be focused on our fuel consumption because it is a big cost for us as a company, but even down to you know an individual owner-operator standpoint, I'm sure it's one of their largest costs as well. So we always have to be focused on our side of being efficient. You know, how do we ensure that we're, you know, getting the best miles per gallon we can from our equipment? You know, managing idle, managing um, you know empty miles that we you know you don't get paid to run by your customer, but you have a, a lot of fuel consumption. So we have to be really efficient all the time, no matter the, the price of. Folks, we seem to have just lost him right in not mid-sentence, but mid-word. Um, my goodness, we'll take a quick break right here and uh, see what's up with the uh, phone connection. Tim Ashoff with us from Creek Schaefer Hunt. We're talking fuel prices and the rising fuel prices, and we're going to be getting into uh, how do you handle that, how do you adjust for that. And we'll be right back after a quick break. Well, we ran out of fuel there <laughs> right in the middle of... <laughs> Not mid-sentence, mid-word, Tim. We, we don't know what happened here, uh, but at any rate, uh, glad to have you back. And we were just getting into the discussion on managing uh, the costs and managing uh, fuel use uh, and, and establishing even better and better uh, fuel efficiency standards. Yes, and, uh, you know, I, I apologize. I don't know what happened there either for the disconnect there. But, you know, as I was mentioning, um, we, we no matter what the price of fuel is, we have to manage our consumption. And certainly that comes down to, have, you know, mile, miles per gallon we get from our equipment. So certainly having the most fuel efficient, uh, generally the newest equipment out there helps that. But then certainly how we operate it from, you know, how we manage our idle time, how we manage uh, empty miles that we run where we don't get paid for fuel, uh, those types of things, maintenance on it to ensure that it's operating, uh, you know, most efficiently are all very important. And then I know we talked about it. So at what price does fuel get before we see a change? And, and as a, I, I don't know where we got cut off, but uh, I was mentioning, you know, when we hit $4 a gallon uh, about four years ago, I think we saw a shift in the industry where we saw our shippers move move from trucking to other modes that, that don't consume as much fuel with, you know, the rail being the largest of that. And so there's mm -hmm. a sacrifice typically between service uh, time um, and then you balance that with cost. And, and so there will be a point if, if fuel continues to rise that that's what we'd have to watch and that's what would concern us as an industry as we see the, the price of fuel rising is that type of shift again. Yeah, there's a quantum shift in priorities. If you absolutely have to have it by tomorrow, go trucking. If it can get there when it gets there, go rail. And, and a lot of folks don't like to make those choices. Those are tough choices to make. But sometimes uh, you, you, I guess you're forced to, uh, as a shipper, um, in terms of uh, your, your best return on investment. One of the things, though, uh, that I've heard through the years uh, from TMC, we've talked about fuel uh, efficiency quite a bit through the years on Tech Talk with TMC. Tim, and you know this, uh, after it all is said and done and after all the technology is out there, everything is tweaked up, it's still the driver. 
that is responsible for what about 30 35 percent about a third of the uh, fuel efficiency uh, numbers really comes straight from the driver Yes, and we, we see that, and, and certainly as, as a driver, you, you can understand how you can impact that fuel efficiency. Um, obviously, there's in your driving habits uh, one is one way. Uh, you know, certainly knowing your equipment and knowing the most efficient way to shift, uh, the, be it the exact RPMs, uh, is very important. How you drive in traffic, how aggressive or non-aggressive you are, so to speak, can make an impact. And then when you're not driving, you know, how are you managing fuel with your truck? So how much are you idling? What are some of the other loads you're putting on the on the truck um, as you're not driving to, to use the engine more? So drivers can help manage that. But we also know as a company that, you know, drivers live uh, in their trucks. And so they need the amenities uh, to be comfortable, to be able to get sleep, to be safe. So we have to work hard to balance that, especially as cost of fuel is going up that the driver's use of their truck with also their comfort and safety. You started also to mention owner-operators before we got disconnected, so I kind of want to circle back the owner-operators if we can, because as you mentioned, it's a different situation for those folks. They bear responsibility for expenses to a greater, a, a much greater degree. Um, what, what can the industry do, and, and what particular things do you guys do at Crete to provide some assistance on fuel. I think the biggest thing for owner-operators, um, in addition to, as we, we just talked about, managing their consumption is how they purchase fuel. And, you know, the cost of fuel can vary so much, even just, uh, you know, across the street between one truck stop and another. So we have a, a fuel program that we utilize for our owner-operators where we pass through directly the discounts we get as a large purchaser of fuel, as I mentioned, over 200,000 gallons a day, that we can pass that along to our owner-operators. And so... With, with their purchases, them being prudent, understanding where across the country they can buy fuel the most effective, particularly if they're on a longer haul trip, and managing that, you know, how many gallons they buy at each stop and where they can get to the next really can be effective. And, and that combined with understanding fuel surcharge and how that works, you know, what's it based on? Is it based on six and a half miles a gallon? Is it based on seven miles a gallon? Is it based on the national EIA or is it on a regional EIA? There's really a lot of detail in there that the owner operators need to understand. And we try to help our owner operators work through that. And then with passing you know, along that discount, we, we see typically the, the net price of fuel to, you know, our own our operators be, you know, below a dollar a gallon. In fact, last week, I think their net cost of fuel, if they used our fuel purchasing program, was under 80 cents uh, a gallon. So that purchasing side becomes so important because often, you know, they have to pay right then, right there, uh, but they may not be getting paid for the load they're hauling for a week or two. So managing that cash flow is, is very important because that demand for cash is now getting higher as the price of fuel is going up. So it takes a lot of coordination Absolutely. on your part as well yeah. as their part. Absolutely, and that communication then between us and our owner-operators on, hey, what is the fuel price every day on the route you're going on, and you know where's the most economical place for you to purchase, we feel is, is a part of a benefit in being with a company like us um, that has that purchasing power. And and you know allow you allow more to go to that that owner's bottom line as the price of fuel is going up. Um, going back to again circling back, we just circled back to owner operators, but let's kind of circle back to the opening uh, salvo in our uh, topic here this morning, and and that is uh, 
what is happening globally now to affect the uh, increase in fuel prices. Most of the predictors are saying that, and when you and you read uh, and, and media reports and, and analyses, they all talk about gasoline. They all talk, and, and now everybody is talking about. Well, that summer vacation is going to cost you more because of gas, and that's where the emphasis is. Um, but in trucking, it, it's a it's a whole nother world, and there's a whole a whole nother set of uh, of uh, considerations. Do you, uh, as you guys look at this, you and you work with your vendors? and things like that. Um, is there a, a consensus here at this point, Tim, in the industry itself in terms of, hey, is this going to be one of these things where the roller coaster just keeps going up and up and up? Uh, or are we, do you think it's a temporary thing? And I know you talk to a lot of people. Is, is there a consensus at all building? I don't know that there's a consensus as far as, you know, looking out probably beyond three or six months. It's really difficult uh, in, in ways to predict the, the oil market, and that's why we just focus on managing our costs versus, you know, hedging or doing other things. But what I do think is there's a consensus on is that it, it, it's not going to likely drop anytime soon, that we're probably going to see a sustainable level in this, you know, 65 to $70 a barrel here for um, you know, a, a couple of quarters potentially. And so, you know, we need to operate in, the, in that way. And just, uh, you know, what we do think then could happen is, is, is what would normally keep uh, the, the, uh, the, the price going up would potentially be that we will see more, more wells starting to be drilled, particularly in the U.S. here. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, some of the, some of the companies had been a little bit slower to invest in, in drilling rigs. But I think they're pretty efficient that once they decide to invest, um, they, there's a lot of existing fields, I think, that can be tapped that are close to pipelines that we see production start to increase. That can help us, um, you know, from, from keep going well above 70. But the wild card and all that is, you know, as we talk in this this realm, is that geopolitical risk. I mean, if, if something happens uh, more in, in the Middle East or, you know, Russia's a big oil producer or other things, then who knows really what's going to happen. And, and that's why we kind of focus on, again, as I mentioned, how do we manage the cost of fuel versus being a predictor of what's fuel going to be in the future? Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly. Deal with the problem at hand. Don't worry about what the problem might be tomorrow, because if you're not dealing with it today, it's going to be worse tomorrow regardless. I mentioned you were on the road. Uh, we just got a couple of seconds here, but uh, you're over at New Kingstown, if I'm not mistaken. That's Willie Hawkins' territory over there. It is, absolutely. Uh, he's our uh, fleet manager, terminal manager here, does a great job for us. We just invested over $15 million in a brand-new facility here. It's good. we got a great driver's center. Uh, we have office personnel here, operations center, and then we have a great brand-new shop and a lot of parking here. So it's it's this has been a cornerstone of our company. You know, Schaefer Trucking started here over 80 years ago. Uh, so we have a long history out here in the Northeast, and it's a it's great uh, facility for us to continue to serve the Northeast, both our drivers and our customers. And at the same time, today's a great day at Crete and Schaefer because we just increased pay by two cents a mile for all of our drivers here on May 1st, too. So it's been a, it's been a good time for the trucking industry and certainly a good time for, for Crete and Schaefer. So we're, we're happy to be a part of your, a friend of your program and then to share that news with all the drivers out there. Absolutely fantastic. What a great way to end a great conversation. As always, Tim Axel, thank you so much. Say hi to the gang there in New Kingstown for us, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.